Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. The Adam Carolla Show is going on the road. Next stop, Nashville, Tennessee. Clay Travis is joining me on Friday and Podcast One's Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine is going to be joining me as well for a Saturday show. And we're doing a special live stream. If you want to watch the pod and be part of the action, check out LiveXLive.com and get the Live by Live app. It's all happening this weekend, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. My Houston show had over a million views, and I'd be stoked if this one could surpass that number so we can do that with you. So it's going to be a great show. Make sure you tune in this Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Check out LiveXLive.com or download the Live by Live app. It's Adam Carolla. Welcome to another episode of Going Racing, a show that highlights the fastest cars, best races, and biggest celebrities in the automotive world. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice. We're going to mandate. Get on. And welcome to yet another car cast. I'm Adam Carolla. It's Matt, the moderator, hey, get, get right through that, B. Get yeah. right through that intro. Well, time is money. Got, got a lot of podcasts <laughs> to do today. Uh, you're not the only podcast in my life. Matt. Oh, this is the best one, though? That's true. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so Coronado came around, a nice big event. Uh, as a guy who's been going there for maybe my sixth year or so, um, some truncated, but uh, for maybe my sixth year, I can tell you the thing has grown. Yeah. I, I went up into the stands and watched a couple of races on Sunday, and they were pertinent full. And in years past, they were yeah. Pretty sparse. I also noticed that Jaguar had set up a whole like autocross section doing like ride alongs with the F type. So, you know, manufacturers are showing up and having a big presence and stuff. And it's fun. It looked like, you know, the layout was a little different, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it looked like more grandstands too because they went down further. So normally it was like one or two sets of grandstands. I think there was three or four. Yeah, the more vendors. Natalia did the zip line, and Sonny's <laughs> yep. too big a post for it, but he did the pedal carts. And yeah, they would do the, <laughs> uh, in the past, they had the BMW sort of autocross ride along thing. They, they did that now on they the had, track. No, no. They had a separate section in the parking lot, which was, yeah. that's where the long line was when you're pulling up people yeah. wanting to do the autocross BMW thing, but that they also went and did it with Jag as well. So the thing's expanding, uh, good for them. It's yeah. a good cause and all that. Uh, they get a good turnout, lots of cars, good racing. Um, um, good. It's, 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 it's for a non-track event. You know, it's not Laguna Seca. It's a it's an airfield with a bunch of cones and pylons and some cement barriers and stuff. But they get a they get a good good group, and yeah. um, we're looking at some pictures now. I was thinking that it's probably a pretty good track, other than the you know you're you're surrounded by cement. But I think it's a good track to maybe do one of your first or second races on because it's flat. It doesn't have a lot of elevation changes. You can kind of see who's in front of you and stuff. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room for sliding off the track with the, with the, with the chicanes that are concrete barriers, but it doesn't have a lot of like blind curves and stuff. It's more about driving the car, right? Not less the track itself. Yes. Like, like Laguna Seca is more exciting, but a more difficult track, even if you were just out there by yourself. Yes. Um, the the very first vintage event I did was in that six ten, um, and I've told you guys a story before, but I'll I'll tell you again because it's it's really pretty comical, um, and yes, um, there there this the chicane is not cement barriered. It's meant to look like you shouldn't hit it, but if you do hit it, you'll be fine. Uh, there's a cement, there's a couple places, there's a couple places on the track that have some cement walls you want to avoid. And one year I didn't, but there, by and large, you miss something, you go sliding off into the infield, you knock over a cone mm-hmm. and there's just more asphalt to sort of run into. So, 
are to slide across. So, and it's flat and it's, and it's pretty well laid out and it's pretty simple and it's pretty short and it's not high speed. And in general, and by the way, <laughs> there's not really a racing line on this track. I've done it <laughs> six years. Nobody, even the guys who seem to know what they're doing, don't seem to apex anything yeah. and they don't really like let it run off and they're just kind of run it. It is a kind of just kind of run down the middle of it kind of track. And I know that sounds inaccurate. And I know the guys that are fast have a line. But you take that corner. There's a right-hand corner that goes right in front of the bleachers that then spills right onto the long straightaway in front of all the bleachers. Half the guys will sort of apex that and then cut it real short and go right down the middle of the track. Other guys will carry it all the way out to the I wall. I saw that, yeah. Other guys will go wide and not really apex it at all. If people are passing there, they'll just turn in and go inside hard and just stay all the way inside the straightaway. And, like, and I saw a lot of confusion there, too, because I see those guys taking the corners in the little cars, taking those cars, taking that corner, I'm sorry, two or three deep. So when the guy that goes in to the apex and tries to go wide, there's a car there and he keeps getting, keeps getting loose. Yeah. And and it's pretty crazy there. And you know, so if you go to Laguna Seca, there's no such thing as that. There's just the line. Yeah. You take the line. And if you're not on the line, then you're, you're going slow. Ha, so, has the course changed at all over the years? I mean, slightly like there's no Mars, way you can put, you can put the cones in the exact same place. Cause they, they just cone out up, the track. They widened up the chicane a little bit, which I didn't like because the chicane was the place that I always made up a bunch of time on people because people would break hard into that chicane and then they'd like turn left and then they'd turn right on the exit and they'd really break hard like going into it and i almost could straighten it out and yeah. i wouldn't break hard i'd fly through it and it, it sort of psychologically looks like well you got to slow down you got to turn left you got to turn right i'd do a just a slight left turn and a slight right turn i'd straighten it out and i'd just yeah. blow right through it and i'd pick up a bunch of time cuz everyone's would break hard and then exit slow and if you're okay, like if you had the good spatial relationship and you knew your mirror was just going to miss the entry one on the right <laughs> and just miss the exit one on the left, which I was comfortable yeah. with. So you can't do it in a big car. It's got to be a small car. Yeah, I was driving a 610, but they, they widened it up because they got tired of everyone just clipping everything yeah. and knocking everything over. And, you know, that's that's how chicanes work. People, <laughs> the nature yeah. of the chicane. When we were at Goodwood, they had the big foam hard foam, like styrofoam yeah. cooler, fake brick, chicane thing. Oh, there's one guy's job is just to go replace the whole chunks all day. <laughs> there, was, there was the couple guys that were out there, and and they would do it in the middle of the race. They just they had a spotter, and those guys would run out with foam pieces. When the spotter blew his whistle, they would drop whatever they were doing and run back into the grass. It was kind of... It was kind yeah. of interesting to see that yeah. there's no stopping, there's no yellow flag, they just no. run out there and do it. So, um, I... I'd not been having the greatest luck out on the track as of lately, and uh, my bad luck continued. Um, I took the <laughs> I took the uh, Roadster, the '69 BRE Roadster, which is a, a nice car, and I, I originally deemed it too nice for there because I didn't want to hit it against the wall or bust it up or whatever. But I decided, eh, I'll I'll take it. Uh, funny sidebar is everyone's like, why is the front end sitting up so high? And like, everyone's <laughs> like, I don't know. And then somebody's like, well, Daryl, who was working on the car, said, well, one spring, one side was like an inch and a quarter lower than the other side. And he just went ahead and raised the other side so that the front was level. And maybe yeah. that's the reason it's sitting up so high. Now, it's got coilovers in the front. That are adjustable, but leaf springs not the adjustable. Not adjustable. He had to change the cup or the perch or whatever they they'd call it. Okay. Um. So then, when I said to Les later on in the week, "Geez, Les, why is the front sitting up so high?" Les, in a semi sing songy, semi condescending yeah. way, said, <laughs> "Well, I said now what Daryl did is he changed the springs because it was off." Yeah. It was leaning to one side. The one side was like an inch and a quarter lower than the other, so he raised up the other side. But 
why do you think it was off an inch and a quarter? And then Les got a little sing, a little preachy. <laughs> and he said, well, that's how they did the old car. Of course, that's how they did it. You know, then he, then he got a little more preachy and a little sing, a little condescending. He said, yeah, we did it that way on purpose because they would make the driver's side like an inch higher because when the driver got into the car, it would then sink down and it would level out. So it's supposed to be that way. But what Daryl did is he went and raised the other side up and now the whole thing's sitting up high. So they kind of knew what they were doing back in the day and that's the way we prefer to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess he's got me on, on that <laughs> one and we screwed up and... So then I just literally walked to the other side of the shop and I said, you know, Daryl, uh, who's an old timer as well, I said, Daryl, I, I think what the problem was with the height of the front end of the car was, you know, back in the day, they'd, they'd make the driver's side a little bit higher, like an inch or so higher to compensate for the weight of the driver when they climb. They're, the car weighs 1,900 pounds. Yeah. So you put a 200-pound dude in there, it makes a difference, you know. And they make the driver's side uh, a little bit higher, and I think where we screwed up is we didn't factor that in, and we just went ahead and raised yeah. the you know, passenger you, side. And I'm not blaming you, Daryl, but I think that's just less explained. That's the way they did it. And he said, uh, passenger side was higher. <laughs> and I went, all right, well, now it all makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we raised the driver's side. Yeah. And I was like... All right. I don't, by the way, it's my fault for trying or, yeah. or having a yeah, discussion. It was a, good, it was a good thought. It sounded good for yeah. about ten for about ten minutes. I thought I had an answer, and then it was like, yeah, yeah no, it was the other side. And I was like, uh, you know, when we right. when we quarter balance the cars, we would quarter balance it with somebody in the car or weights in the car, and, and try to get it dialed in as best with you know with you or whoever would be driving the car. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah. okay, maybe, so maybe not. <laughs> we um. Missed open practice on Friday, non-starter for me. It's like Friday, eight thirty in the morning or noon or whatever. I, can't I, be done. I, I, it can't be done. I got to work. Um, uh, now I'm planning on taking the kids and taking the wife, and planning a little vacation, which we r- rarely ever take. Um, but Lynette had some oral surgery, and she just had a really bad reaction to it, and she ended up with a black eye and a fat lip and a puffy face and really just looked like – it looked like she'd gone and got some plastic surgery that didn't work out, yeah. and her husband beat the crap out of her <laughs> after seeing what she'd so wasted you're like, her just, money on. I'm out of here. I'm just out of here for the weekend. I don't want to look at this. <laughs> she was literally she was in bed with an ice pack on her face yeah. come Saturday, come yeah. Friday, Saturday. So uh, it does. But the good news is one of her goals in life is not to leave the house, <laughs> and the other is not to watch me race. So. <laughs> and it's fine. I'm that. I, I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm low maintenance. Like I don't need to see her up in the stands or wearing her scarf or something when I'm out there. I. I'm fine. I go to the race. I go alone. I come back. And she'll either go how to go or 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 not. I'll yeah. tell her. Yeah, I went good. And then I'll go in the room and have a beer. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I'm. I'm low. I, I, I'd rather have it that way than somebody's up in my grill going, do you know how much this costs or this is dangerous? Yeah. Or, you know, it's just, okay. She just backs off and goes, look, look the guy, the guy works her, hard. Let him do what he wants. I'll text her pictures of the, you know, the track. Adam's racing. Things going well. And she texts back, fix Sonny's hair. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so yeah. I can clearly see her her interest in. Yeah, in, she's in, a gearhead. <laughs> well, she's a sunny head. Yeah, she wants to fix his hair. Fix his hair. So uh, we pack up the roadster. Roadster. Last time I drove it, Laguna Seca. Uh, I will rip one of the 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 best thing that ever happened is the first time I did the uh, Rolex Historics. Mazda Raceway, Laguna Seca. I got a ton of camera time on the on the show. Uh, Monterey, Rolex, whatever, sent me an email. I'm, I'm just making a note to bring it up with uh, Matt. Uh, that the show, they air the Rolex coverage, which is a lot of uh, yeah. Bill Varsha driving through the hills in a 72 Camaro. Yeah. Uh, inexplicably. They... they <laughs> There are, 22 minutes on the Ford Mustang and 
three minutes on vintage racing. <laughs> I, I I honestly think the reason we're at the state we're in with with viewing, um, viewing with motorsports, uh, televised motorsports, is the whole reason you and I were at the Goodwood, and and the rest of us, and the whole reason I've been to my third Goodwood and and really exposed to one of the bucket list greatest. Events. I mean, I think you can say it's the greatest car event yeah. you've ever been to by bar none. Is I was watching the Speed Channel or whatever it was back in 99 or 2001, whatever, maybe it was even 2002, whatever. I was watching the Speed Channel or whatever, wh- yeah. whatever I was watching. And they had extensive coverage of the Goodwood event. Yeah. And I sat there in my fucking living room going, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> and so far. <laughs> yeah, but since then they've replaced it with more uh, snap-on uh, Craftsman Truck Series from yeah from the Firecracker 400 from Pocono, <laughs> and it's like uh, not interested in C-list dudes driving she- Chevy. Uh, Chevy loves in a fucking circle. <laughs> uh, but that's somehow they've decided. By the way, yeah. I think that's why they went down the toilet, all those guys. They decided every show had to be some motherfucker. Uh, you bought what? With our money? <laughs> yeah. We'll never be able to flip this thing or the challenge or we're building a Mustang for a veteran. Like, that's all well and good. But there's so many great events out there. There's so much cool yeah. stuff out there. And... Some of it is a little – some of it, I got news for you, it doesn't have to do with NASCAR and it doesn't have to do with a Mustang. It has to do Careful with – Careful with the Mustang. Different right. cars. All right, a Corvette. <laughs> so they used to go do these things. And by the way, the first year I did the 2011, and I'll pull it off one of my DVRs, which is full up and in another room somewhere, and that's – I'm going to write that down now. Cord. One of them doesn't have the cord. We the <laughs> well, DVR. when you moved. We, well, what happened is I filled up a bunch of DVRs, yeah. and then you move, and then whatever, and they just sit like boxes. And then you say to someone, how do I get what's in that box onto a disc? And they go, I have no idea. I have no idea. It's been the biggest vexing question of my life. A bunch of – This place is full of tech guys. Chris can't figure it out. Somebody can figure it out. Um, we've sort of figured it out, <laughs> but now we figured out we don't have – one of them doesn't have the cord that plugs into the back, and it's very exotic. But no, I, what happens is, is people say to me, or I say – Oh, the first time I did Letterman, I did blah, blah, blah. I did this whole bit, blah, blah, blah. And then I go, oh, you, you guys should check it out. And then everyone goes, I've never seen it. And then I go, oh, well, you know, Gary, look online. See me. No, it's not there. And then I go, oh, well, the first time I did Letterman is on my DVR that's in my other shop sitting yeah. in a pile in the closet. And that's where it is. And I can't get it off of there onto there. But the first time I did the Monterey and it's on Fox Sports 1 at 8.30 a.m. on tomorrow. Um, you're going to be wildly disappointed. <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you right now. It's a you'll glowing be, endorsement you'll be for Fox insanely, Sports coverage. <laughs> well, they're, they're fucking hacks who don't know what they're doing. And they're – look, it has some of the greatest cars and greatest drivers and greatest history in the world. And last year, usually what they do, there's like 16 races. They'll cover five of them. The average time they spend on the race, and I've checked it out, and I'm not using hyperbole here, will be about 22 seconds per race. It won't be three minutes per race. It'll be less than 30 seconds. They'll just go, and here's who won. They will pick a car. I like Z cars. They picked a 240Z, but they will pick... The only car out there that's worth less than $40,000. <laughs> and they'll do a four-minute expose on the guy who drove the Z car who came in 28th place yeah. out of 33 cars in his in his field. And then the rest of the time, Bob Varsha or whoever's over there will take a 2016 Corvette and spend 13 minutes slowly driving it through the hills of Monterey talking about the vistas, the beauty of it and the balanced handling yeah. of the car, which is something 
we're not looking for right. out of this event. But that that's what? That's how they get their show paid for, right? Is they, they do that basically the big commercial in there. And then the racing is, is somebody, uh, what, some producer scouts the car, writes down some guy's notes, gives it to the announcer, and he talks about the car, the Z car, and he's like, why did you pick this car? And it's like, I don't know, some junior producer picked oh, the that, car because oh, of it, the colors. probably or <laughs> a chick who drives a Prius. <laughs> it's nothing. It's, it's, it's disappointing. It's a big bag of zero. If you want to see... If you want to know, if you're at all into vintage racing, yeah. you'll be bitterly disappointed by the coverage of this event. But back in the day, I watched a Goodwood event, and I was like, this is awesome, because they covered it. They did it right. Yeah. Also, the first year I did it in 2011, this is Monterey, I got a ton of camera time dicing it up with those alpha guys. So... It was. I watched it and I went like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then later on, it was a big fat zero. <laughs> anyway, so maybe be, because you just told Fox they're a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> well, they they do look. There's a reason why nobody watches your shit. It's because yeah. you produce shit. You produce shitty shows. Yeah. I mean, as it pertains to automobiles, you don't do it right. I'm with you. You're bad at you're bad at your job. Is there is there any television coverage of Goodwood that we know? Of? Or is it mostly just like online videos? Is Goodwood on, on TV? Uh, not as Let's long, see if we can look that up. Not but. as long as there's a uh, Ford Ranger with uh, that's been <laughs> dropped that's going around in a circle. Yeah. No, there shall be no coverage of Goodwood as long as we can watch yeah. more of the even, even Craftsman like... NASCAR truck series <laughs> it's from, from fucking Pocono at uh, 4 a.m. No, there will not be any of that. Uh, maybe because they're some fucking idiots. They're, yeah. they're, they're, like, they're dumb, and they don't know I, what they're doing. I don't doing. remember seeing like a television crew. I didn't see any banners or anything for... F- the camera, uh, the whole the whole Goodwood is all heated up with cameras. Yeah. It's, it's all on the jumbo I just, you know, I just didn't see like the big banners of, you know, uh, you know those are Fox Sports or those whatever. Those are considered vulgar. <laughs> That's right. They wouldn't show them anyway. <laughs> all right, so, the race. Um, didn't show up for... Open practice, okay. Um, was going to head out Friday after the kids got out of school, got into this weird traffic thing where the kids knock off at school at 3, maybe we can hit the road at 4, but no one wants to hit the road to San Diego at 4. It's going to take four hours to get there. Keep going south to Orange County at the end of the day sucks. Then the next <laughs> thing is, well, maybe we'll just leave at 7.30, and then what, with the kids rolling at 10, you yeah. know, and it's like, ah, what do we do? So I uh, I said, ah, we'll skip the qualifying practice, which was slated for 8.40 in the morning on Saturday, and then... We'll get in there in time to do the qualifying race at 2.15 on uh, Saturday as well. Uh, when we did get to I pot, so I, me and the kids just got in the Jag and we headed on down the highway. And um, when we got there, we found out that the race was bumped like an inch and a half. And uh, Les did the thing again, semi-condescending. <laughs> he didn't check schedule? I'm yeah. like, I got the schedule in my hands, highlighted. It's yeah. 210. Ah, no, they change it. They always change it. <laughs> they always I said, change no, it. Th- first off, <laughs> they always change it? Yeah, they always change it. Always. I like, uh, I, Matt pulled this thing on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah they always change it. I said, you got to check. I said, uh, first off, I've, I've done the Rolex a thousand times. I've done this thing a thousand times. I've done yeah. Coronado. I, a thousand times. I've, I've, I've done Fontana a thousand times. What do you mean? They never change it. You get the rundown. You get the race group. They run like clockwork. Ah, yeah. They always change it. You got to check it. First mind. of all, how did Les actually have a schedule in his hand for <laughs> once ever? He's like, it's not in the truck. I left it in my bag. It's at the hotel. It's anywhere except in his hand. I don't know. But he was like, yeah, I got to check in the morning. They always change it. And I'm like, no, they don't always change it. By the way, you're talking to a guy who's done it six years in a row. And they haven't changed it. But either way. All right, so I felt like a putz, like hustling out there to make the race. Yeah. They, they bumped it back like an hour and a half or something. Fine. Uh, got in the car. Uh, decided to s- started last because I didn't qualify. Sadly, like third to last. So, well, that's just because they couldn't figure out who was the last <laughs> of the last. Yeah. You, you were last, but you got there before the other two guys right, at right. the grid. I sadly got behind a Mercedes Gullwing, which. Yeah, not fast, but cool looking. Right. But 
<laughs> easily the most expensive car of that race yeah. or possibly yeah. any race. Yeah, that car is pricey. Um, now, Mercedes Gullwing in just street trim is going to run you 1.3. Maybe it's 1.5. I don't know. In race trim, with some history, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. If that thing ran at Le Mans or Sebring or something in 1956, uh, could be a $4 million car. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. All I do know is if you took that car from this track right now and you took it over to Gooding or RM, the minimum is 1.3. That's no history, no questions. Uh, what, what If we found out that Fangio drove it <laughs> at the Targa Floria in 1956, uh, add another $2 million. Yeah. So I don't know, but that guy was the guy who was ahead of me. And I, of course, was on the cold tires. And I, was, I didn't know the track. They changed the track a little bit. And I was like, I don't want to go sliding into this guy right. at turn one. So right. I sort of hung out behind him a little bit. And then notice the car was... They do, they do one warm-up lap. They do, right? one, they, warm they do up, one warm-up. One warm-up lap. It should be noted, just because I haven't told the story in a long time, the The way I did my first vintage race, the only way I would do it is, I dug the cars. I dug the cars. But I was scared to do the vintage race. And I wasn't scared for my personal safety. I was scared that I was going to go out there and do something stupid or hit somebody or have a situation and, and all these super like it's, it's knowing a, the value of the cars that are out there is, is, is tough to swallow when you're going bumper to bumper. Also, it's a world that seems very, you're either in or you're out. Like when you pass these guys and they're, and you walk through the pits and the paddock or whatever, and everything is so dialed in, and their trailers are so dialed in, and they got their tents and their folding chairs and their barbecues and their tool kits and their rolling big to- roll away tool chests, and the cars up on jack stands and the guys changing the throwout bearing and shit like that. And you're like, you just kind of walk past it and you go, ooh, you know. And then the guy comes out in the suit and he's got the custom-made earplugs and he's yeah. got some tape over it or something and then they fire the car up and you're like ah and so it seems like a world that you can't really penetrate like yeah like okay. you don't want to go out there it, it's sort of like it's like watching a ufc fight and someone going hey you want to get out there want to get in the octagon you're like yeah. no, no no you no. always wonder like what did these guys do to get there like right what you know because you hear about race car drivers going, they've been karting their whole life doing this whole thing. It's like, these guys look like they know what they're doing. How did they get that far? How do you jump into that? I don't know, but my feeling was always like, I don't want to get in there and be the guy where they're going, what? Where's your whatever? How come you're blah, 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 or whatever? New guy is. over there doesn't have the right either. Right, right. So <laughs> what happened was is Les just said, uh, hey, man, I mean, this event is in, what, September? It must have been like February of 2008 or nine or something. Shit, where are we? 2007 or something where he just went, uh, hey, you know, you're Bob Sharp 610? Like, yeah. Why don't we sign it up for Coronado? It's local. It's a nice flat track, you Mm -hmm. know, good event. Be good, good uh, vintage event. It was like in February. And I was like, yeah. Good. Sure. Sign it up. Do your thing. Knock yourself <laughs> out. I'm, I'm sure I'll be out of the country by then, you know, or in jail yeah. or something, you know. And uh, sure enough, the event just came up. It's like, all right, two weeks of Coronado, and Les, like, got the car and started prepping it up and stuff and yeah. this and that. We didn't spend too much time working about a Hans device or, you know, the, the harnesses or something. I, I, and uh, next thing you know... I'm sitting in the pits uh, in the in the paddock with the car, just sort of pacing around. Race coming up in, in an hour. Not sure. Wearing my Toyota racing suit from the Toyota Grand Prix with all the Datsun guys. I mean, yeah. We, when we put tape over the chest of the Toyota thing, and of course the saltiest, scariest guy who did the rear end guy, rear end dude comes he's like wearing a jumpsuit with no shirt under it. It's unzipped to his navel. <laughs> yeah. He's smoking a Winston. It's- 
And he like comes by and he goes, uh, you racing today? And I said, uh, yeah. Oh, on those tires? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> those are brand new. I said, yeah. You haven't scrubbed them in or anything? I said, heat cycle them? I'm like, uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, boy. A lot of marbles out on that track. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. And he said, uh, first event, huh? And I was like, uh, how could you tell? Yeah. And he's like, good luck. And he started like laughing and he walked away. Like it's, it, you couldn't think of a worse. It was like somebody created him. Like Johnny Knoxville was in a van with a camera on it, laughing, yeah. talking into a mic going, tell him good luck and start good laughing. Luck. Start laughing. Like he's smoking. <laughs> Hey, good luck. <laughs> he just starts walking away. And I'm like, what? Wow, why? What's going on? So I tell Les, look, man, I'm a little freaked out. There's like 40 cars in, yeah. this, in this event. I don't know what I'm doing. And I went to the driver's meeting and I was like, all right, everyone like broke up. And I was like, I don't know how the track goes. Yeah. It's a lot of cones. And an airfield that you can just see. Laguna Seca, you can see what the track looks like. Yeah, it's an actual track. This is a giant piece of cement with cones. You look down at the end of the straightaway. You don't know if you turn right or left no, at the end of the straightaway. So They should put the little arrows out. You they know, like, should. <laughs> like in the video games. The little well, arrow no, like have the, the guy who's selling the condos with the cardboard signs oh, yeah, spinning, yeah, it just around, spinning it around. Just holding the arrow. <laughs> I hate that guy. He's always spinning. I was like, where's the fucking condo? In the air, on your <laughs> it's feet? Like, up, down, where, where do so, I go? I have that guy just hold it. So it's funny. They they go, after the driver's meeting, they were like, all right, we'll give you a quick lap. You know, and they jumped in the back of a BMW, and the guy just did one lap. And he's like, all right, you got it? Yeah. Now, that's the hot pit over there. Hot pit's <laughs> not part of the track. When you come out of the hot pit, you'll be on the other side of the barrier. The barrier leads into the straight. Stay on the left side of the barrier, yeah. and when you exit the track, it'll be after turn nine, and it'll be outside of the hot pit. Yeah. You'll actually come through the hot pit, but you got to make sure you got to get out at the end of turn nine. If you stay in on turn nine, you're going around again. We're not going to have that. And I'm like, uh, where's turn? Yeah. How after, many tur- after where's 20 turn minutes nine? description, he goes, but the one thing you don't want to do is right. go this way down this pit because that's, you know, that's the wrong way. Yellow flags, <laughs> caution. You see a red yeah. flag. You do get not out of the car. exit the track here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of that, a lot of that. And I'm just like, all right. So I get out, I get back to the fucking thing, and I'm like, uh, Les, I, I don't know. And also the car's uncomfortable, and I don't I feel weird in it being all strapped down and the net and everything over the window and everything. And, um, I, of course, I've never driven the car. <laughs> and, uh, and Les goes, look, there's like 40 cars in your race. All those guys are pretty quick. Go out. You just go out last. Just let everyone go in front of you. And then when you pull out the track, all you do is follow them. And, and you'll you'll do the warm-up lap. And then when the race starts, just keep following them. They'll, yeah. they'll let you know where, where you're going. That's pretty good advice. Yeah. So I get all strapped up. I get in the car. When you don't know how to do it, it takes half an hour to get in and get the buckles straight yeah. and get all the shit And you don't out. know what you like Yeah. You don't know what you like. You don't know how you feel. You don't know anything. I get in the car. I'm in the very back, like the at the hot pit, the 40, 40 cars out there, and I'm all buckled in. Head, you know, it takes ten minutes to get your helmet off when you don't know what you're doing. There's nothing. You don't know where stuff is. You know, you know where to put stuff. Your mirrors and everything. And uh, I'm in the car, and we're just sitting there, and they do the you know five minutes, and you know hearts beating out of my chest, and then three minutes, and everyone starts up their car, and I'm starting my car, and a uh, tr- track worker like just comes up to me and she, like slaps me in my left arm, you know, sitting out in the door. Where's your wristband? Like, uh, I don't know. Ask less. I don't know. No wristband, no driving. Out of the car. So I'm like, uh, out of the car. It's going to take a while. You know, I've got to yeah. loosen up, undo the belt. I don't even know how up. to get out. This is my first time. I don't know how to undo the window <laughs> yeah. where, the, where the net is on the window. i got to crawl out the window. Like, out of the car. So I'm like, I get out of the car and like, uh, I don't know where the wrist. You didn't register, like you didn't sign for your wristband, and I was like, "No, where is it?" And it's like 
It's in the front. So the guy goes, hop on the back of my scooter. So I hop on the back of the scooter. It never looked gayer. I'm in my helmet. I'm wearing my helmet. Yeah. And I get in and out of the car with my helmet on, which is like mistake number one. I keep banging against shit. And <laughs> and the guy takes me through the crowd. He's honking the horn and everything. Yeah. It's I get, the one time you don't want your name on the helmet. By yeah. The way. I get, thankfully, I did. It was just a white helmet. I get to the front where people are coming in. And he's like, he's got to get his wristband. He's got to sign. And the guy's like, well, you got to. That guy's like, sign this in case you die out there. And I started <laughs> laughing again. I'm sure that rear end guy was smoking and laughing next to him. You know, and tell him he's gonna die. <laughs> I jump back onto the guy's scooter, and we go back to the car. And of course, as I start crawling in the car, the guy's blowing the whistle, and the cars are yeah. filing Let's out go. onto the track. And now I'm in there, like trying to get the harness on, trying to get the fucking <laughs> uh, window net up, trying to get everything up. Well, of course, naturally, by the time the net's up, the harness is on, the car's fired up, every car has pulled out. Yeah. There's no more cars. So, uh, like out of a uh, Jerry Lewis movie, I then come pulling onto the track uh, three quarters of a lap behind the last guy. Yeah. Now I'm driving down the straightaway just at uh, 40 miles an hour in second gear, just sort of looking for what way do I turn. And then Nobody of, to follow at this of point. Of course, I look in my rearview mirror, and all the fast guys <laughs> are now up to speed, turning right onto the same straightaway I'm on, and the green flag is dropped, and it's on. And here comes a fucking thundering herd <laughs> of guys coming at me going, what the f-? I'm like a cinder block just sitting out in the middle of the track and they're not, they all just go flying past me yeah and i'm sure they're all pissed yeah it's exactly what i didn't want to happen it's just they're always like there's always that one guy right there's always the point that was you that was me so what happened this time around is we went we did forget about the practice forget about the early morning qualifying go out and qualify that's fine. Do it last. Got behind a Mercedes Goldwing. Probably had about 35 cars in the field. Big field. Some quick. Some not as quick. They were, they were running two groups. Two so group groups. Three group three and four. So they had, you know, they had some fast cars. They had like a Lister or something up in the front. And- yeah, the Lister and, uh, of course, the uh, Lotuses, Super 7s, always fast. Yeah, and, those were moving, man. And uh, then there's the Janetta. That's oh, it's uh, by the way, Janetta is not a five ten. It's a race car that's made of fiberglass where you sit in the middle. Yeah, like, it weighs uh, nothing. Or you sit to one side, but it's I I can't. I don't even know if that was ever a street car, but it weighs like thirteen hundred pounds. It's got like a Lotus engine in it. It just kicks <laughs> ass, and that guy's always really quick. But anyway, um, I'm gonna make my way up through the pack. And by the way, when I did the first race, I ended up finishing. I don't know tenth. I I think I was the fastest Dotson in the in the field out of you know, 14 Dotsons or something. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys with 510s, a lot of experience and stuff like that. I Maybe I came in six or something. Like, I had a good weekend, you know? I was like, oh, I, that's not, not too shabby. So, uh, and I've had some pretty good outings out there at the track at Coronado. So, I was going to be prepared to pass a few cars. And it uh, started out on the warm-up lap. And even though you're going slow-ish on the warm-up lap, I try to drop it in most of the gears just to see what it feels like. So I just short shift. I'll go into third. I'll short shift and go into fourth just to make sure it's dropping into fourth. You know? yeah. And it wasn't going into fourth. It was. It would, and then it popped out, which happened a couple times. Okay. And then it wouldn't go in at all. Just grind, grind, grind. I think, um, Chris, we can take a look at the warm-up lap. If we put the sound there, we can probably hear me trying that or even see it pop out or what have you. We'll we'll do that. First, let's talk to uh, Tony real quick. 28, Minneapolis. Tony. What's going on, man? Hey. Hey, I'm calling you, uh, well, first of all, uh, first-time, long-time listener. Love the shows. Thank you. Watch the uh, Newman documentary. Great job on that. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I'm looking at picking myself up a uh, find a fun car sometime next year, and I've really got my eye on the 2013 uh, Boss 302 Mustangs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of curious what you think the uh, the prices are going to do. It seems like they're already selling for more than they more than they were new. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you think that trend's going to keep going or. 
if they're going to level off. You know, judging by the well, judging by obviously by the Ford GT and uh, some McLarens, and uh, these are supercars, but a few other cars. I've been doing this for a while, and eight eight years ago, when people go, "Are there any new cars out there?" Yeah. Or, even a cheese grater Ferrari Testarossa from 1995, or they now won 500 grand for it. Like yeah. they were going for 85 grand all day long, and nobody liked them. Or the uh, uh, 348, is it 348 Ferrari? Yeah, cheese yeah, grater. No yeah, cheese grater. Uh, no cheese grater. Even the, even the 360 or uh, 350, um, 355. Sorry. Um, if you would have talked to me eight, ten years ago, I would have went, uh, no. <laughs> There's just not really anything new that anybody is paying any money for. You lose. You buy yeah. it. You know, I fully expected you buy a Ford GT, spend a buck sixty-five, and uh, good luck on eBay getting ninety for it in five years. You know, yeah, it's not anymore. Not, and it's changed. Yeah. Uh, and I think what's happened is, is because of the value of all the cars from the '50s, '60s, and '70s. Somebody's doing the math going, look, uh, maybe not for me, but my son is going to make a nice, tidy profit on this thing when he sells it in 20 years. Um, there is such a thing as new collector cars now. Yeah, there are. And and especially because I'm a fan of the Mustang that you're talking about, the Boss 302. That car, anything that you're looking at that's new, that's limited production numbers, limited, right. uh, you know, that's going to be a big thing. And that car has a lot of special features on it. The engine is unique. The side exhaust deal is kind of cool. And I think if if anybody is selling it less than what the sticker is, I, that's going to be hard to find. So I think that car is a great a great collector. Also, that car is fun as shit to drive. We had, I think, two of them here on CarCast in the past year. So a friend, Eric Valdez, brought his in, and then we had one from Ford that came in, and it was yeah. great. And even stuff yeah. like the BMW Z8 and things like that, there's a couple others that come to mind that that's are a great modern investment much car, more modern cars that everyone just thought, oh, please, come on. And now they're all they're all going. So yeah, Acura NSX. I like that too. It didn't did it, it? It didn't exist a few years ago, and now it exists. So I, if you'd have called me in uh, 2005, I would have told you no. But now I'm telling you yes, Tony. Go for it. Okay, so Do I'm, it. I'm looking at about 40 grand on one, and I think that'd be a, a decent investment to have a fun car. And that car is fun to drive. A few times a year. Yeah. Yep. Go for it, Tony. You have our blessing. All right, so um, I'll show you the warm-up lap. We'll see if we can have me grind. We'll be, <laughs> we turn it up, Chris, and we'll see. Hear it struggling, and I, I, I can't get fourth. So my plan is third. All right, and five. Well, they're going to start the race. So, uh, and I'm not going that fast. I'm at the end. I'm just going to leave it in third down the straightaway. And since we're not really on the pace, I, I just won't get into fourth. I'll leave it in the third a little longer than I need to. And uh, then they started the race, and then uh, this happened. I don't know what you got there, uh, Max Pana, but. We'll see. I was thinking about trying the Mercedes in here, but I was like, eh. Yeah, it's a little dollars. One side's a wall, the other side's 1.5 million bucks. <laughs> yeah. So now you're on the 
straight in front yeah. of the grandstands. Yeah, I didn't really hear a pop. It may, if you're in the car, you yeah. felt something. Plenty of smoke. By the way, uh, I didn't no, coast that smoke. far off with those assholes. <laughs> the guys who went and saved me in the fire truck are like, hey, dick, why'd you go? And I'm like, I, I, I'm told to get out of the way, you know? Like, I, I didn't. And also, I thought maybe I could start the car and limp it back somewhere, or yeah. there was some back way in or something, but the guys who gave me the tow rope were Especially like, Especially in that you. instance, because we didn't know it at the time, but that, in that instance, you must have been, you leaked all the oil. You were leaking oil. So what were you going to do? Just put it on the track or at the... If somebody else went on that straight and kept going because their car broke, they would have hit your oil slick. Yes. I blew a <laughs> hole in the side of the engine block. Now, at the time, because I was struggling so hard with fourth gear. Yeah. And maybe that's because the crank was vibrating or the flywheel or something. I don't know. I was yeah, struggling I very hard with fourth gear. Of course, when the fucking thing went, I thought, well, there goes the clutch. Yeah. Or there goes the throw out something. bearing or something. Something. And I, but I thought, I don't got fourth gear, but I can probably get it into second and nurse it back to the – which, by the way, the first time or second time I ran this race, at the end of the ninth lap, like the tenth lap, as I crossed the finish line, it went out. And I was – I finished the race, but I was yeah. able to sort of pull it into first or second and make it back in. So that was kind of my plan. Little did I know that the front uh, rod, connecting rod – for the piston was completely burnt off and sheared off and went through the side of the block. It put a hole about probably what the size of a baseball, probably about a little bit bigger in a baseball, yeah. <laughs> more of a softball size. And, and oddly, perfectly round in it's, the uh, it's a huge hole in the side of the engine block in the number one cylinder. Yeah. So now, of course, I started thinking, what did I do wrong? And then I thought, you know. Because I couldn't get into the fourth gear. Yeah, maybe you thought you over-rev. Maybe I left it in third too long. Yeah. I just kept going. We checked the telltale meter on the rev on the on the tack, and it said 7,400 RPM, which is not much for that car, yeah. not over-revving. Then I was like, yeah, but maybe I just left it. And I, was, I left it in third, like, ah! And, yeah. and, and then, like, last some or somebody said, it's never the number one cylinder in these cars. And then we had Dave come from Toyota, and he's like, reached in there and started pulling parts out through the yeah. hole. And he's like, this thing got oil-starved. It yeah. burnt up. The cap. Maybe spun a bearing and then the oil holes don't line up. And then what Couldn't happens is out. no oil on that bearing. It'll just weld its stuff together. Either way, I got a lap and a half in and told the kids time to go home. Yeah. Except for I couldn't go home because I had two shows yeah, to two do. Shows that Sunday, night. Yeah. Sunday night. That's right. So I, I went home, actually. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh, God damn it. It was a brand new motor. Uh, I ran Laguna Seca with an old motor that had been freshened up, thrown in the car, went and did Laguna Sega, won the Rolex Cup, was feeling pretty damn good about that car and myself, yeah. and then went over here and made a lap in on a new motor and blew it up. Well, we got it up on the hoist when we got it back to the shop on Monday, and I told Rob, pull the pan, and let's see what the damage was. And the main cap on the main, on the, the main, the, the crank, the middle, yeah. Where the where the oil supplies feeds the front and the back, um, we'll show you pictures at uh, carcastshow.com. One bolt was completely out and sitting in the pan and undamaged. A, yes, a main bolt, a three and a half inch, uh, arguably it's a main cap bolt. Main is... cap bolt. Uh, well, the biggest bolt <laughs> yeah. on the on the, on the car or in the engine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the one with probably the most torque on it. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's very important. <laughs> as well, it's 90 pounds of torque, and it's sitting in the pan completely unblemished. So it worked its way out and fell out. Yeah. 
On the other side, the other bolt that held the cap on for the main, it was about an inch. It worked its way out about an inch, and Rob started just twisting it out. And I said, well, take a picture yeah. of it where it is. I don't want any arguments or speculation. You know, I, and for you American muscle guys, these are two-bolt mains. So the main caps just have one bolt on each side. The four-bolt main caps that are on uh, you know, you know, know, your bigger Ford and Chevy engines, there's two main ones, and then there's two other ones that go into the sides of the main cap mm-hmm. um, You know, for – for extra strength and make sure you know these things don't back out. But yeah. you know, one of the bolts, I, I don't two know two of them. Yeah, just uh, not torque, not torque, and so new motor engine builder just and it and as the cap fell down, it lost oil pressure to the front piston to the front rod. Yeah, and that's what dried it up, and that's what burnt it up. Now. The question was like, well, did they not torque this down, and how did they miss it? And all the other ones were torqued down on yep. the main, on the crank. So I had a I had a moment of, oh, there you go. So I said to – I called Les. I said, well, the bolt was sitting in the pan. So uh, that can't be it was torqued and just worked its way out over one lap on a brand-new engine. And by the way, all the other ones were fully torqued. So why did the yeah. one – work its way no out. No damage to the threads. No uh, anything. You know, no cracked main cap. No. Yeah. So uh, he said, and it's true, I, I likened it to something I do in carpentry. He said sometimes when you put those engines together. You forget to tighten them. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> no, he said uh, they might torque them down, all of them, and then they'll try to spin the crank like by hand. Yeah. And if it's not going freely – They'll go back and loosen up that center one so that they can turn it and sort of see where it's going and then tor- retorque it or whatever. But like I said, what I was picturing is I put in enough deadbolts and enough doors. If you just hunker down on those deadbolt screws, yeah. just torque them down with, by hand, you, the action on the deadbolt will be really hard. Yeah, like the key doesn't able, work. Yeah, it's so really tight. You have to go back and sort of untorque them just half a turn and half a turn that loosens up the key yeah i think it was sort of that with the crank so i they he said sometimes they'll leave those loose to turn the crank and then once they torque them down you can't really turn the crank anymore because that's where the main oil journals or whatever i don't know yeah but but that doesn't sound like the right way to build the engine because when you're putting your bearings and stuff in there you lube up your bearings and stuff and then when you torque those down it it takes a certain amount the perfect engine only takes a certain amount of, of of pressure to spin the crank when it's all torqued down. If it's too tight, something's wrong. You've got to start over. Yeah, well, maybe they build it and they don't torque the center down. Maybe with those motors, when they do torque the center down, they don't get the spin they they want. So maybe they build it, torque everything, leave the center main a little finger tight, turn it, Make sure the action's good, and then torque the center. I don't know, but either yeah. way, that sounds odd to me too. But uh, okay. either way, center's not torqued. Center's not torqued, and the engine's destroyed. Yeah. So, yeah. Who's gonna, who's going to pay for that? <laughs> well, <laughs> whose fault is that? No, here's what I try to tell people: even if people it's the engine the builder's time. fault, what are the chances you can go to the guy and be like, "Hey, man, here's the brand new bolt, no cracked threads, no cracked main cap." Yeah, he might work with me, but like, here's what I yeah, try to yeah, explain to people all the time: <laughs> hotel rooms, trailers, diesel fuel, race entry, six hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, more hotels for the crew. Yeah, uh, the weekend, the f- race fuel, the prep into the car of two weeks before you take it out. I yeah. mean, three guys, you're, you're salary, ne- you're never going to, you know, <laughs> no, you're never going to get the eight grand back that it costs for the hotel rooms, the diesel truck, the fuel, yeah. the trailer, the entry fee. And th- that part's not even on the table. Right. You're arguing for the 18 grand to rebuild the engine, not the extra superfluous 10 grand. That's just, yeah, just up, up in smoke. Gone. Yeah. So we shall see, but, uh, it, uh, at least it was satisfying to see that bolt sitting in the pan, because at least we now know yeah. what happened. All right. Tune in next week for another episode of Going Racing. New episodes every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.